You're listening to the IFF TV podcast, presented by Paul Nealon. Renault, sit down. Right, uh, five, four, three, two, one, boom. Hello, McIntyre's Football Fan TV. We're here with the final word, and I'm joined by a bunch of Ireland's best select TikTokers. I've got Jonathan Morley, Paddy Murphy, and Dan Casey joining me for a look back at the Ireland game. Um, three 0 win, a comprehensive win, a standard win that you would expect. Um, but I'll start with the lineup, and uh, yeah, I have it here beside me. So Gavin Bazunu in goal. You know, he's a man of the match against Greece, so rightly takes his place. But uh, I suppose I'll go with the players that came in rather than going through the whole thing. So Darrow Shea came back in for Darrell Lenehan. Michael Obafemi came in for Adam Eda. Uh, James McLean came in and captained, deciding his 100 cap. And then uh, Jason Nice played right wing back and Jamie McGrath came in uh, as well. Um, more of an attacking lineup, I suppose. Jonathan, what were your thoughts when you saw the uh, lineup? Well, I wasn't really surprised. I mean, because I mean, because we we had to score goals. Um, obviously in the first half, um, it wasn't looking very good. I thought actually Gibraltar were quite organised in the first half. They definitely came on a lot since. Um, I I think they started, uh, playing in those qualifiers a few years ago. But uh, yeah, no, it was good second half. Um, the team, uh, you know, obviously you'd have to set up quite advanced against Gibraltar and. Kind of worked in the second half. I think Gibraltar got a little bit more tired and Ireland found a few more gaps. Um, but yeah, I thought Jason Knight especially was was excellent and uh, it was definitely the right decision to bring him back in. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll go through the game kind of as it goes on, but uh, we're just going to focus on the lineup. And uh, Paddy, what did you think of the lineup? That was pretty spot on, given like you're looking at the bench there, and given like you're looking at the bench there, there's no real contenders to. To start ahead of what we had, I'm glad to see Ovechkin come back in over Ida. I didn't think it really worked for Ida over in Greece, so I was like, I like, I was happy to see Michael Ovechkin start. But yeah, I'm happy to see McLean starting. Listen, 100 caps is unbelievable. I think it's important that he started that particular game. But I think his days of starting are probably coming to kind of an end. Uh, you'd probably want to see like an iteration of Mikey Johnson getting in there in a certain whatever setup Kenny goes for. But I was happy enough with it. Yeah. And then, Dan, I'll come to you then as well. Just say your thoughts on, on the lineup. And were you happy to see any of those players in particular starting? Um, nice, but um, I think we missed Johnson. I think he was kind of the big um, exclusion from the lineup. I definitely would have had him in there, to be honest. Um, and I think the injuries of Ben A and Coleman, like they're two fairly big losses for us. Like, um, So I was just disappointed what nothing Kenny could do about that. Yeah, I think just, you know, at the start of the game, we really set the tone. I think Smallbone got the ball out to, to Jason Knight and he was straight up that wing uh, in a position that we hadn't seen him playing before for Ireland. I know he's played a couple of times for Derby, but set up a chance for Jamie McGrath and kind of set the tone for the game. I know, look, we didn't score till the second half, but in terms of we were creating chances, and um, it seemed to be the game plan was get the ball out wide to, to our wide bank, get the ball into the box and try and get in the end of crosses. Uh, and as I said, um, we had just have some notes there just on the game itself. So, um, should move that out of the way. But, but, but like those crosses were f- felt fairly unimaginative. Like there was no one. Yeah. I know it was talked about an RT, so I'm not just stealing their point, but there was no one in the box actually making a run. They were just standing there. You're not going to get a hitter to score a goal when you're just standing in the middle of the box. You have to be making a run. You have to be doing something. There's no point in just sitting there when you're there no. 30 yeah. seconds too early. Like, yeah, I think the fair was difficult though. Um, just because Gibraltar packed, just Gibraltar packed the yeah. box like the entire game, like the entire game. So it was kind of difficult to get crossed. And maybe, um, it would have been better, um, you know, just kind of going through the middle or something like that. Obviously, you don't really have the kind of many creative players in that midfield. But uh, yeah, especially in the first half, I felt we kind of struggled with that because I mean, Gibraltar just had so many players in, in their own uh, box. You know what I mean? Yeah, I say Kenny saw that, and then that's why he decides to bring Johnson on. Ultimately, you know, he's good. He just runs through the middle. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just think, like, in the first fifteen minutes I have there, like, we we were passing the ball around well, but no real end product. And I do feel like those crosses into the box, as you say, Dan, you, you need to be kind of making a run for them. But the crosses were in the right areas, but I just don't think maybe we had enough bodies to be attacking the ball <laughs> because Gibraltar had so many back. Um, and I think when you look at the, a lot of the crosses, they were just that slightly bit over hit that they were just maybe over the 
players' heads. And if you, you, like in the second half, we obviously saw the goals were scored, and we'll come to that. But um, you know, you mm. kind of need to be meeting the header rather than just kind of waiting for it, and then it's it's kind of going over the top of your head. But like they weren't causing any sort of threat. They had one up front, and largely mm. he was spending a lot of time kind of on the halfway line or in and around his own box, and uh, it wasn't really causing any, any sort of threat. And I think that's where the the halftime substitution to take away the extra defender at the back and go with an extra attacker uh, came from. Um, I'm just seeing there, just night uh, with another great ball. And Obafemi wasn't sharp enough to get on there. That was again a good ball into the box. We've got our striker, yeah, uh, not not being um, ready, I suppose. Or not, he just didn't look sharp. I know, Paddy, you were talking about Obafemi. Were you surprised yeah. by kind of how he turned out in the end? And maybe that's why he didn't play against Greece at, at a starting. Yeah, it was, like it wasn't. He was, wasn't his best. I, I think it was between um, the France game and then the, that game. He only played about ninety minutes or so for Burnley. I know he wasn't like first choice by any means. So. Uh, I think he was just lacking match of sharpness. I think that's going to come into fruition a lot more next season because I can't imagine he starts in the Premier League with Burnley. Uh, I just thought it was a very cagey game, very cagey start. I think because we needed a win so badly, we're against a, 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 a seemingly poor opposition. People are they're, 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 they're trying to force it. And yeah, Obafemi was one of the guys who didn't look really sharp um, at all. But I think it's just down to probably lack of football at club level because between the France game and this one, he only played about 90 minutes for, for Burnley. Yeah, Dan, his other strike partner, Evan Ferguson, was quite quiet. But he, again, shown his quality because he gets a chance out of nothing. Basically makes a chance out of nothing. Yeah. On the left-hand side, he gets the ball and uh, turns and has a snapshot. And he kind of reminded everyone, going, oh, well, hang on, this fella has a little bit about him. Absolutely. He has by far and away the most potential on that pitch. Um, yeah. he, he's going to bang in some serious amount of goals for us. Like, it's like we're looking to further place him for... Um, Robbie Keane, I'm probably speaking too soon, but I'd say he'll be it now. It's probably a bit late to be saying it in the other ways. Yeah, Jonathan, I'll come to you as well, uh, just on the two strikers. And uh, I suppose the first kind of half an hour, how did you feel like it was going? Were you nervous at all? Um, Not really, Paul. Like, I mean, I knew a goal had come at some stage. I was even saying to myself at half time, I was thinking, look, I mean, it shouldn't be in the middle of half time against Gibraltar. I mean, Ireland are a lot better than this, but I knew a goal would come eventually. Um, the second half, uh, you know, Ferguson obviously had a great header. Um, and as you say, I think Mikey Johnson made the, the difference in the second half. I think he really needs to start from now on because we have so few wingers who actually get the ball and take a player on, you know, cut inside, try to do something, try to make something happen. So, uh, yeah, Johnson was definitely very important to that. People were saying for that first ball, it was all um, luck, but Johnson had to be, be aware that that was going to happen. Um, yeah, not a lot of teams would have been ready for it, like Gibraltar or not. So, um, you know, fair play to him. He, he, he took a chance. He took it. And on, yeah. on, on Ferguson, I think it's clear to see he just has it. Like, he has the quality to, like... Um, he's just <laughs> I don't like piling pressure on him but he knows how good he is and can be but he just has the full package for a centre forward he has the profile the link up play he's, he's, he's lethal in the air uh, and obviously it, sometimes in this team he can n not be utilised too much that's not his fault like the Greece game was not his fault it was just the whole rest of the team around them were, were very poor uh, but I think he's the key man for, for this uh, for this era and uh, I'm, it's we're lucky because we, we've been crying out for a proper homegrown like a goal scorer since Robbie kind of retired so no, it's, it's exciting times for him and your club Bowes developed them big yeah absolutely big played a big hand and obviously shout to give St. Kevin's a big shout out but yeah been there since the start you know big Bowes man myself so yeah, yeah Bowes carry yeah. hard and as usual Um, well yeah uh, I just sat there like because we did we just did speak about Ferguson and, and kind of what he brings but there was actually a chance that he created himself. Obafemi linked up and he, he created a chance, showed brilliant strength on the edge of the box, laid it off to Jamie McGrath and he kind of has a snapshot with his left foot and the keeper made a good save. thought the keeper actually had a good game for them. He made some decent saves mm. and uh, that was just before half-time, um, the McGrath effort. And then, uh, yeah, we're kind of going in half-time, nil-nil. But what, um, Paddy, I suppose, yourself, half-time, thoughts, nil-nil. There was booze ringing out from the, from the crowd. Did you feel as though the pressure was really mounting and, and, and we could potentially see a banana skin situation. I No, like, no, like Jonathan said, I never truly believed we were going to lose that game. 
but that's like that that's a game that we should have had like been like we should have been would have been looking to get a four five, a five six would have been beautiful and to be nil all at halftime against Gibraltar make no mistake is not good enough uh, but they listen they were very resolute they packed the box they defended well and I can't blame the fans in the Aviva for, for putting the boo out but I knew we'd, we'd, we'd win eventually and I think we the second half performance which we'll get on to made up for the shite show of the first half but yeah it wasn't a great half halftime talk anyway well, Johnson's already spoken a bit about the second half. Dan, your halftime thoughts? Oh, it was just one of the most boring halves football of all, football of all time. It was just so predictable from us. Rodman knew exactly what we were doing every time going down the wings. Um, yeah, it was just very crap. I can under I can understand the boost, to be honest with you. Yeah, I think um, yeah, we, it's just I think it's just a sense of frustration that we just we, we couldn't score, we couldn't break them down, and you know that's that's what provoked the. The halftime substitution of Johnson and I thought, look, that was the that was the game changer. That was the key. Him coming on and being that extra attacker, and I just yeah, I just think he yeah. is someone now who who we'll probably look upon in games like that to kind of open up defenses. Similar maybe to McGeady. He, he's he, I spoke to him after the game and he spoke about similarities between himself and McGeady. Grew up watching him. He was his hero. But then again, there's also you know opening up the game and not being afraid to take on your man a bit like Wes Houlihan as well because he can kind of spot. A ball, so maybe he's a bit of a mix of the two, and we'll need. But he's probably going to be a big game player for us. It's mad how we can't seem to get a game for Celtic, and he has to go on loan to Portugal. And even you know, a lot of eyebrows were raised when he did get um, the allegiances switched, and then he yeah. got picked into the team. So for him to come in, and and he, you know, he made immediately made a difference. I see there the forty six or sorry, forty sixth minute mark. Uh, Josh Cullen had a chance, um, and that was a I think that was a good chance as well. And then in the 50th minute, Ferguson, who we've spoken about already, he's the one who causes the free kick, a nice little flick, um, and gets the handball. And that's what causes the free kick that led to the goal. But you could see there, things were starting to calm a little bit with the subs, and we were starting to break them down that little bit. But uh, Jonathan, I didn't come to you in the halftime stuff there because you'd speak, spoken about kind of the goal and stuff like that. So t- talk to me um, about Smallbone's free kick and, and the goal then. Yeah, to be honest, I think we were, yeah, to be honest, I think we were a little bit lucky to get the goal uh, at that time. Um, granted, I mean, Ireland were obviously the better team, but we created very, very little uh, on tin then. Um, it was a nice little deflection and then obviously uh, an easy tap in for Johnson. But um, yeah, I felt in the second half, if it had got to 60, 65, even 70, of course, but I felt 60 as such. If it was nil-nil, we really could have struggled to win that game. So it was a nice little bit of luck to guess because I felt once you get one in a game like that, you get two or three. Um, and yeah, uh, it was a nice little bit of luck. But fair play to Johnson, obviously, he was Johnny in the spot for, uh, you know, to tap that in. But yeah, um, I thought Ireland played a lot more freely afterwards. Yeah. Um, Paddy, I was going to go to you then, just... You know, at that stage, I felt like, I felt anyway, certainly sitting at the stadium, that if we got one, a few would flow. I remember saying that on the story at the time. Um, Was that the general sense that you reached you? Yeah. I think it was just about breaking down the initial kind of, the the, the anxiety and not having the goal. But once the first came, you could feel that it was going to become a, a two or three job. I think, as, as you said, Johnston absolutely changed the game because he, he made us unpredictable in the attacking sense. Because as Dan was saying, the first half it was very down the line pull it back they knew what was coming but Johnston just has that skill set that is unpredictable and he's a gem he's such a gem Like he's one, he, I, I would say he's probably he's the best converter we've had in many years in terms of lads who change allegiances like um, you know I think he can be a real key man for us uh, going forward but yeah once we got the first one it opened the game up a lot and it was a much more enjoyable second half that's for sure yeah um, Dan Troy Parrott came on for Alba Femi 59th minute one minute later, Evan Ferguson gets a goal. Good play by Johnson. <laughs> Good play by Johnson. And uh, the ball went out to McLean, who we probably haven't spoken about. And we, I'm sure we will now. Um, he provides a great ball. And I did say, look, both wingbacks had been supplying good balls into the box. But it was, as you say, up to the players to get in there. Eventually, Starboy comes up trumps and, and gets the goal. What were your thoughts on the goal? It was he was decent. Enough. He was decent enough. Look, if you want one man pitch who's going to take that chance, it's gonna it's gonna be even like every every single time. Um, yeah, but you'd be expecting to probably score from there anyway. To be fair to him, but I uh, will work it. 
the, the, the two assists look like McLean just has it just shows his class in that moment, like pinpoint cross. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, the, the, the is a Gibraltarian defense didn't, didn't necessarily uh, defend it too well, but it was just it was it was like a training ground work. You can see that you can imagine that's been done in the training ground uh, many times, but it was just it was clean. It was nice to see. It was Matt clean. All right, Matt clean. The only thing I'd say is in terms of McLean, like uh, like um, it, that hasn't worked for an awful long time. Um, he's always had a great cross in off the left, but uh, I kind of feel, as you said there, Paddy, the opposition was quite pertinent to that goal. I mean, when is the last time we've actually seen that against a half-decent side? And it's no disrespect to James McLean, but, uh, you know, I do like him, I, I respect him, but, um, you know, is that kind of the route to go down anymore? <laughs> is that the route to go down anymore? I, I'm not so sure. I think I think McLean's days and kind of uh, getting assists as such is kind of past. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Actually, this would be a good question. When was his last assist before this uh, this game? Scotland, uh, Scotland game in the Cornell uh, was it for the trio? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Corner. Um, but yeah, um, I I agree with what you said there, Paddy. Yeah. Definitely, the opposition was um, was was pertinent to that goal. That's for sure. I do. Yeah, I think. I think. Um, look, we know Gibraltar are like we've played teams like San Marino and these types of teams. That Gibraltar are probably worse than them. We should be going out. We should be beating them, and and, and it should shouldn't be. Maybe uh, we, we made kind of hard work of it at the first half, but I think yeah. then Kenny realised, okay, look, like, why are we, why are we sitting off here when we could really be playing an extra man, and then. That's when things started to change, but I do think McLean was providing those type of crosses, um, the whole game, and I thought he linked up well with McGraw on that side, and I thought Smallbone worked really well with Jason Knight on the other side. So they were kind of just doubling up on on the, on that side, um, and then say the fullbacks, so like Darrow O'Shea was playing left centre back, and then Nathan Collins they were getting involved. But then when you had the four, you could just allow a midfielder just to drop in, and then you had the extra attacker. So. It, it made sense, and you were kind of always seeing it was always just two on one. It was John Egan and one of the uh, and John. Oh, sorry, who went off? I think uh, Nathan Collins. So it was Darrow O'Shea and John Egan just on the striker, and then everyone else could just kind of get on with things. Uh, and it allowed the wing backs or full backs, sorry, in the second half uh, to get forward and, and get the balls in. And and I think we just we were overloading them so much that they just didn't know what to do. And and once the first goal went in, that they're not really fighting to kind of keep a. Yeah, they kind of have to go for it in some ways, but or else just try and keep the score down. But then when we got a little bit of confidence and we, you know, our patience paid off, and then he was just making subs and Smallbone went off. Alan Brown came on. He put a good ball in for I think it was Evan first. The keeper made a good save. The keeper made a couple of good saves. I remember uh, there was a double chance there. Uh, uh, the ball nearly came. Uh, double chance there. Uh, nearly falls at Troy Parrott's feet, and then Josh Cullen has a strike from distance, which the keeper tipped yeah. away. Um, and then McLean obviously himself had a big chance that I thought he missed like because in the stadium it looked yeah. like he just latched it over but it was an unbelievable block uh, Paddy, your man who blocked it yeah your man who blocked it at pace for Dundalk I, block, I believe isn't it um, something like that yeah I, 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 when I seen it I was like go on there we go and I thought he missed it but no the block was unbelievable you're almost thinking ah here lad come on you're two down anyway let, let him get his, get the goal on his 100 it would have been a lovely moment but it wasn't to be. He still got the t- obviously two assists, but yeah, the block from uh, your man and honestly, or Ainsley was was really really good. I saw a thing on Twitter the other day. Uh, someone was tweeting Dan McDonald, and they said, "When was the last time a League of Ireland player pl- uh, played um, an international against Ireland?" So someone currently playing in the League of Ireland. So if anyone is watching that and knows the answer to that, the last player to do it, or is he the only player to ever do it? We'll be interested to hear. Um, wow. Yeah, so there's a bit of a... a, a, a fair bet anyone who pulls that. <laughs> <Fair play>. um, <laughs> yeah, there's a pub quiz, uh, pub quiz question. Um, then after, after uh, McGree- McLean's chance, Jamie McGrath actually hits the crossbar with a header from a McLean corner as well. So he was probably denied a third assist there and a goal in the space of a minute. I mean, if he scores, the corner never happens. But um, yeah, I think overall, if you're looking at McLean's performance... If if that was, I'm not going to say it's his last game, but if it was his last game to kind of sign off on, it was kind of perfect. The only thing he didn't do was score. And, um, you know, he got a lovely reception. The president handed him his hundred to the cap. His family and all were out on the pitch. And he was getting all the love. 
afterwards and everything like that and it just seemed as though it was, a, it was the perfect fitting he was captain on the night everything seemed to go, go well for him didn't it Jonathan? Yeah absolutely yeah. and he was good he was good it was nice that he put in a performance uh, on a night like, like that, like that. Um, I think it's been a while kind of as such as since he's been good enough to start in that team but obviously on his 100 cap it was nice to see him start it was nice to see him play well and it was nice to see him get two assists as well obviously if he got the the goal it would have been the cherry on top, but no, it was it was a good performance. He was good, and um, you know anybody who gets a hundred caps for Ireland is is a legend. Let's face it, you know. Especially McLean with all the with all the the sticky faces over in England, like oh, playing for Ireland means so much for him. So it was lovely to see you know him and his family get you know you know and it was a lovely moment though. Uh, I think a lot of time he's come under some stick, but I think over his hundred caps, he's been a seriously important player for us. If I was him, like you'd love, you'd love to know, will he get another five, six, seven? Maybe will he be a bit part player? Who knows? If I was him, I'd nearly go out on the top. And be like, you know what? I've had made me a hundred. Let's retire. Um, you know, maybe he might see out this campaign, and potentially we could shock people and and get to Germany. But yeah, I love McLean. Obviously, he stands for a lot more than just a footballer. And uh, yeah, he's a great, he's a great man. I'd imagine. Never met him, but I can imagine he's a great man. It would be to you guys. He still has us blocked on uh, on Instagram, but uh... oh, right. <laughs> never liked him. Never liked. Now I I do I do I I think really? I I made a comment before and he wasn't best pleased about it. So it is what it is. Um, he seemed happy enough in the mix zone afterwards. I didn't hang around to chat with him because I didn't know what reaction I was going to get. But anyway, yeah. um, I'm delighted he got his hundred cap, and as you say, he's deserved it. Um, we've definitely praised him a lot more than criticised him over the years. So um. You know, it is what it is. Uh, some people you can't say anything about. Um, just then, obviously, on uh, Ferguson, he he had that headed chance uh, afterwards, um, which the keeper made a good save from. Then he went off. Adam Eda came on. And then the man of the match was given out just before the, the final goal that Adam Eda scored. Jason Knight was player of the match. Mine was Mikey Johnston. Uh, Paddy, who was yours? I'd probably have to agree. Listen, I think obviously Knight was decent, but the difference Johnston made when he came on, it can I know he only played a half, but he changed the game with 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 how he came on. So for me, it'll have to be him. Uh, a joy to watch. You know, I won't lie. Uh, before he made his debut, I believe uh, I had never heard of him because I'm not a, I'm not a big Celtic man or anything like. Uh, not in a, like I, I just never heard of him. I was like, who's this? And everyone was like, oh, don't get too excited. He gets injury prone or he doesn't play or whatever. I was like. I don't care. I'm getting excited. We haven't seen like this in Ireland squad in a little bit. So yeah, for him, for me, man of the match, Johnston for sure. Yeah, uh, Dan, who was yours? Uh MJ as well. The only thing that went against him was was um, he just didn't start the game. That's the only reason he wasn't man of the match. And uh, Johnston. Yeah, like I said, Jason Knight was excellent earlier, but uh, so I understand why he was given it. But yeah, I mean, in terms of as the both the lads said there, I mean, he was he was definitely. The guy who came on, pushed Ireland forward, made things happen. So um, I'd agree with the two boys, to be honest. Yeah, the only thing that pips it for me is obviously he got the goal, but he was actually involved in all three goals. So before the ball went to McLean, I think two of the times he was involved in it. So um, I think he was instrumental throughout the, the victory. So uh, I do think Jamie McGrath deserves a good show. Every time he comes in and plays for mm. Ireland, he does really well. And um, he's an absolute gent of a man as well. So... Uh, great to see him back in and, and hopefully he has a good season I know he's back uh, at Wigan now and hopefully he doesn't stay there for too long same as McLean I just don't think we should be having players in League 1 um, no. it's just, it's, and I know Jason Knight's there at the moment but hopefully he's going to move on from Derby I think he has to as well I think he's far too good I think the three of them are, are too good for that level um, yeah. I think McLean's the only one who's guaranteed to stay at uh, at Wigan but uh, and in League One, whereas I think the other two could be off somewhere else. Well, it'd be interesting to see. But Adam Ida, I know we we kind of briefly touched on him, but he got his first international goal. I think a lot of people have been wanting to see that for a long time. He's a he's a nice young fellow as well, and um, he's he's our highest goal scorer at underage. So to see him finally get his goal, and you could see how much it meant to players like Troy Parrott and stuff like that who came up with him the whole way up. Um, Jason Knight and Darrow Shane stuff like that who are absolutely delighted from him. I know John Egan is uh, a good friend of his as well. So I suppose I'll go to, to the Cork man and uh, <laughs> ask him about it. Uh, fair play to Adam. I would have picked Obafemi in the squad over him on like in the Greece game. But then Obafemi didn't really have the great game uh, against Gibraltar either. So 
obviously Kenny probably saw something in training there. Uh, just delighted for Adam to be fair to him. He's been a, a good servant Ireland, as you said, underage. So, yeah, great for him to finally get his goal. Will he kick on? I can't really see it happening, to be honest. Um, I probably, I probably still put in uh, Benny and the side over him, to be honest. But um, look, we need someone off the bench anyway to, to do damage. So hopefully he can be that guy. Jonathan, do you think if he has a good season at Norwich and it's just banging them in? Because people tend to forget he did get injured at the back end of the Premier League when Norwich was there. And remember, he got his first goal against Everton and he was starting to score regularly. And, and a lot of people say if he had maybe stayed fit, they could have stayed up that season. Um, do you think maybe if he stayed injury free this season, he's got players like Shane Duffy there with him as well um, at the club as well. And I'd say they'll be one of the team's favourite to go up. I know they, they're going, going through a bit of a transition, but. I still think that they'll be there thereabouts come the end of the season, especially after how poor this season was being. They're uh, they're really looking to kind of, I think, spend. And I think they're going to sell Alban Vamadeli, but I think they are looking to spend on players and get up there. And Timu Puki is he's not getting any younger. So I think Adam's going to probably be the main man if he can stay fit. Yeah, um, yeah, um, possibly. Possibly. Uh, as far as I'm aware, he's, a, he's had good seasons before. He hasn't really converted to, to the Irish team. Um, but... Yeah, I, to be honest, I kind of agree with what Dan said there. Uh, I, I, I'd rate Abafemi, I'd rate uh, Benny over him uh, until he shows a little bit more. Um, but as you said, Paul, I mean, if he does have a good season for Norwich, maybe um, <clears throat> he might get a lot of confidence from that. He might filter through the Irish team. You never know. Maybe since he's got his first goal now, um, you know, many more will come. But yeah, to be honest, uh, I keep him where he is at the moment, kind of coming off the bench last 10 or last 20 and kind of see where it goes from there. But hopefully he can he can bang a few in for Norwich this season. And and Paddy, I'll ask you about him then. Well, yeah, I think he, like, listen, it's the championship. Uh, Norwich had a poor season last year by their standards. Usually they come straight back up. So it's imperative that they are fighting the top half. And I think he needs, if he's staying at Norwich, you'd want to be, to have any aspirations to really kick on, he wants to be, you'd need to be a key man for them. And I hope he is. As it was a long overdue goal. It was lovely to see. Obviously, we actually have a lot of um, competition now up top. Uh, but listen, he has he has a natural, like just a good skill set. And I really hope he can he can kick on. But he needs to have a big season with Norwich. Whether he can, who knows? That league next year is the hardest championship I've ever seen. It's it it it's scarily tough. So Norwich will be doing well to come up. So if they do, hopefully he's a key man. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. And I think if he could just. Start the season well, avoid injuries, and you know he could be key in September because uh, he's played him some. He's played some big performances against some good teams like Portugal away. Him and Aaron Connolly tore them apart away. I know we lost in the end, but for the eighty-eight minutes it was that we were ahead, they were the two of them were brilliant up top, and he led the line very well against like Ruben Diaz was tipped as probably the best defender in the world at that moment in yeah. time, um, and uh, Pepe I think was was alongside him so. He, he came in there doing unbelievable uh, same with Aaron Connolly I think Aaron Connolly is the only young lad now who hasn't got a, uh, his first international goal and I'm sure that he'll be looking to uh, start the season well as well but like uh, you know a year or two ago we were looking going where are all these young players going to come from where where are we going to start seeing some new strikers where are we going to start seeing some, some new options and now we have it um, I know some of them aren't maybe as far along in their development as we would like like Troy Parrott and stuff like that maybe Obafemi because um, he's not I think he's not tied down with Burnley yet. That's still up in the air whether he'll actually sign for them or not. He's still a Swansea player until he signs the the contract with Burnley. He was only on loan until the end of the season. They have an option to buy. I don't know when that option um, comes. It might be the 1st of July, so there's still time on that. So, um, But yeah, look, I think it's exciting that we actually have striking options there. We've also got a player who can maybe unlock defences that we haven't had before in Mikey Johnston. Um, hopefully we can get a couple of more of them uh, Andrew Moore at Brighton he looks like he's going to go out yeah. on loan to Blackburn uh, that was saw that today Darrell Shea's got going to move to Burnley now under Vincent Company so he'll be playing in the Premier League he's in advanced talks I think he's having a medical tomorrow um, so we, we're, we're starting to see players kind of kicking on that little bit more and, and hopefully with the Premier League then experience on top of that we'll start seeing better performances from the lads um, John Egan's obviously back in the in the Premier League as well yeah, uh, with Sheffield United, so it'll be good because this season we've seen uh, it's been Premier League players have been scarce from an Irish point of view. I think, I think it was the the lowest Premier League involvement ever from an Irish point of view in terms of both appearances and goals. So listen, that's not ideal, but as, as I said, I think we have a, we have a good few coming back up. 
John Egan with Sheffield, obviously the Burnley boys, and as you said, Darrow Shea. So, yeah, no, it's listen. I think there's a lot of negatives talk about Greece and all. Like at the end of the day, it's a, it's a transitional period. Like we we we, you know, it's like the, the youth being better in is a really good sign. And I think, and especially even even younger, the twenty ones have so many great players. I think while right now, in terms of like qualifying for the, the Euros, is tough. I think the future is is going to be bright, and I'm excited by it. Um, a lot of good lads in there, like. I just think with the we've been in such a transitional period for so long and I think it was a before Stephen Kenny thing. Um yeah. he's just been the unlucky man who's taken the job on and look I I don't blame him for taking the job on and I think what he's done in terms of bringing players in will will benefit the next manager because I don't think he'll be in charge after the campaign and something we will talk about in a couple of minutes but yeah. I think if you look at you know these players are kind of learning on the job Malumbi uh, O'Shea Collins, Bazunu, they're all learning on the they haven't been in the situation before, this high pressure situation. Even Adam Ida, Troy Parrott, all these lads, they're kind of learning on the job, Evan Ferguson as well. And they're all kind of I think what's happening right now will benefit them in the future. Um in ter- I know we might not be qualifying for stuff, but it, just in, in terms of experience and seeing out games or maybe if we go a goal up to sit in, that these type of things where we've kind of gotten it wrong in the past. Um and maybe the the midfielders as well because they at times look lost in there giving the ball away a lot more like against Greece when, we, when we're under the cosh against teams we give the ball away very easily we did it against France got punished um, but like you say that there is a lot of players and a lot of positives um, in terms of our players coming through I know people are saying it's the worst uh, Liam Brady is the worst group of players that he's seen I don't know if that is the case <laughs> because how far how far along are they and playing at their clubs they're only all kind of starting their careers really at their clubs uh, Jonathan what, what's your thoughts on it? Um, sorry sorry Paul what as such what's the question? Uh, well, you, no, no, I, I, well I was I, I was listening but I, I, I'm not going to exactly know what the question was um, yeah it was, it was I'm just not sure what's the exact question sorry, so Paul. basically what I'm saying to you is do, do you feel it's the worst uh, team that you can remember in in existence of following Ireland, and are you excited by I suppose the future of this Irish team? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, as you as you mentioned, there's uh, definitely a lot of youngsters coming up. Um, we have had it in the past as well, uh, and they haven't really done as well as possibly they should. So I hopefully uh, these ones coming up in the future, we will see the benefits of that in the future. Of course, um. In terms of being the worst group of players in my lifetime, I'm not sure if the lads agree. It probably is. Like, I mean, we have very little uh, Premier League representation. Um, as you mentioned, it's a lot of championship, some League One. Um, so it probably is. So I mean, um, as you said earlier, Paul, uh, Stephen Kenny to inherit that um, hasn't exactly been very lucky. But um, I still do feel we can do better than what we're doing. But um, in terms of uh, the question you asked, I probably would say yes, to be fair. I can't think of a lower kind of group of players in terms of the leagues that they're playing in. I think experience-wise, it is. Like, I, I don't. I think a lot of these players are quality and will want to have great careers, but if it's just experience-wise, as you said, Paul, they're all, a lot of them are starting out. Like, Bazulu is only starting out, and he's you know, had a rough year at Southampton, but he's, he's a great goalkeeper. You know, John Egan's experience, to be fair. Nathan Collins, again, relatively only starting out. Knight, obviously McLean, yes, he's he's you know, uh, well uh, he's a veteran, uh, but like McGrath, Smallbone, Ferguson, all starting out like so. In terms of experience, it's probably yes, but I don't think like the worst quality. I think it's such a hard, hard thing to say because uh, there is some seriously good footballers in here, um, but just the experience. You can't like as you said, they're learning on the job. It's very tough. There's a lot of like expectation and pressure and. At the end of the day, like people are gonna, as you talk about Kenny and other, but he's not a miracle worker. He, you know, he can't just make these guys ready for the big stage. Uh, you mentioned a worse group. Can you actually mention a worse group? Tell me a worse team. Why well, don't think that's beneficial for anyone to say? I, 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 no, but, but I'm not. I'm not. I'm not criticizing the players. I'm not criticizing the players. Really kind of saying the worst group of I'm not, worst players I'm, ever. I, I'm not. Paul asked me a question. I said yes. Oh, what about the team that um, after Euro 2012? Because there wasn't like too many. Wor- I know Robbie Keane and stuff like that, were, but he was in the back end of his career. Shay Givens was in the back end of his career. 
a lot of them just weren't performing to the levels that we obviously knew when they when they were at their levels they were unbelievable but towards the back end we players like Andy Kill, Simon Cox uh, <laughs> you know we, we John St. Ledger we're not going to run John St. Ledger is yeah, yeah, Glenn, actually Glenn Whelan I thought Glenn Whelan was yeah, a fantastic no. player to be honest yeah I thought we, I thought he was you know, underrated, uh, underrated we had Hulan though no? we did have Hulan like but then I think enough. I think when like when Martin O'Neill came in, people forget that we had Daryl Murphy starting up front in a lot of those games, and he was doing nothing. But yeah. he was just literally Daryl. What a boy! Uh, <laughs> but that's what yeah. I mean. It's like it depends on what way you look at it. I see I see players there who I think will go on to. I I I really don't believe that Pizzino had that bad of a season for Southampton. I don't think he would stay stay in that uh, position for so long. Like his players around him just weren't that good. That's the defense let him down completely. You look at him, yeah. But you look at him in, in in any of the big games that we've had for Ireland. How good he's been, like, like a France game, um, and any other. If the Greece game the other night, we probably would have lost six one without him. <laughs> he's what, a good goalkeeper. He's, the the abuse he gets is insane. Um, it's the, that Southampton team was just diabolical. The defense in front of him, he'll 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 stay in the championship. I hope just for his experience, like, and he'll he'll be a key man in getting Southampton back up because I think they'll uh, they'll 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 romp that league. Liverpool, Liverpool boys. Yeah, with the two Liverpool players take uh, Killer over over Bizzuno. No, Bizzuno is a better goalkeeper for sure. I, I, and I'd probably take, no, no. I'd probably take Bizzuno, but at the same time, I mean, I think it's harsh on Kelleher too because I mean, we only see Kelleher maybe two or three times a year. Do you know what I mean? And every time, every time we see, but every time we see Kelleher, like say for example, we've seen Kelleher the last game of the season against Southampton. He's completely cold. Like he has no match fitness whatsoever. And I, 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 you know what I mean. So he's coming into a game where he hasn't played for about four or five months, and he's expected to be good. He's I think not going to be. So I think it's Harrison Keller too. I think this will tell you all you need to know. I think when we played Southampton in the final day, and he played, and um, we conceded the three goals or whatever. The time, lots of Liverpool fans at the time, and they were like, "This is life without Allison." So let's pray he stays fit. Because hey, listen, fair play to Quivin. He's in a great position in life and stuff, but he is not. A top level goalkeeper, in my mm. opinion. But as I was more, as Jonathan said, he is coming in all the time, very cold. But I think one on one, Bazunu is is a far better goalkeeper. Yeah, I take Bazunu as well. But I think Kelleher, though, in terms of big matches, you you could argue Kelleher has played in higher matches and actually played well in these matches, higher level matches, and actually played well in these matches. So uh, then who? I think Bazunu. And Bazunu. I, I think Bazunu is, is, is a better goalkeeper, but at the same time, I think people need to respect Keller as well because um, he basically won us the Carabao Cup last season. Um, uh, he was, you know, uh, pertinent in the competitions last last few seasons. Whenever he's came in, he was excellent. So, um, you know, he probably has more experience at higher level games. So I'm saying respect Keller, but probably Bazunu is better. I think the Carabao Cup final is the anomaly there. Like, I think... He talked about the cup. I remember a couple of years ago he conceded about four goals to Arsenal at home. Like, I think he he, he leaks goals. I think even for Ireland, some of the times he's played, he's let in a couple of howlers. I think I think he is more prone to a howler than than Bizzuno. I can't I mean, I can't actually remember Bizzuno having a howler in an Ireland shirt. Uh, or so I can't. Oh, can you? Watch the Portugal where he gave the penalty away, but it wasn't really a howler. Oh yeah, yeah. he yeah. saved the penalty. Well. He saved the penalty. Yeah. He just wanted saved that for his highlight reel. Yeah, yeah. He wanted to save a pen against Ronaldo for the highlight, really. Can't blame him. Great, yeah. great to be fair, Keller, I, Keller's talking about leaving Liverpool. Uh, I think it'd be fair completely to judge Weaving Keller when he goes off somewhere else, when he's playing 38 games a season, and then kind of see if... Yeah. He won't be... I, I See, that's the thing. Uh, from a selfish Liverpool fan point of view, there is no benefit in us letting Keller go because as a, as a number two... He's a, he's a great choice, and if he leaves, we have Adrian, and we don't want that. So I think he should go for his own career, but from a selfish point of view, I hope he doesn't. Yeah, I, I think yeah. he has a higher ceiling than Bizzuno. I think get him into... You would football. say that, you're from a game. <laughs> True. But I, I think, given the sort of eight games, I think he's actually probably... Uh, yeah, he has more potential, I feel, than Bizzuno, but I definitely have Bizzuno starting for Ireland. I just... My, my, my thing just with the two of them is... Uh, does does Kelleher make a lot of mistakes if he plays the length of time of the season as as Bizzuno did? That that's something I would be interested to see over the course yeah. of the season. I think look, there's not much of a, there's, there's not much between them, and and that's evident because Mark Travers was playing mm. more regularly than the two of them, but yet still couldn't get in ahead of them at Bournemouth. 
Um, so it's interesting. Look, we've treated like if 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 Klopp is keeping Geller around for this long, there must be something there he's seeing in him, and he must be learning off Allison as well, who, who is the best yeah. goalkeeper or like yeah. day in day out. So it's all well and good. Anything Anything good it's all well and good. Sorry, it's all well and good learning. Um, but you need to go out and play. And play. That's what that's what I like more about Bazunu is his attitude. I sat down with him after his sign for Southampton. And just his mentality and everything about him is just unbelievable. And he's he, he can tell he's going to be a future captain one day. He purposely sits with all the experienced players to kind of learn off them and stuff like that. He wanted to get away from under-23 football. He, he went down and played with Rochdale and League, I think League 1 at the time. Then he stayed in League 1 again with Portsmouth and um, got player of the year there and then got his move to, to Portsmouth, or so to Southampton. Um, if Everton were to sell... Jordan Pickford to Man United like it's been linked um, I, the first person I would want as an Everton He'd fan is, is Gavin Bazoon Gavin don't do it don't do it Gavin oh uh, yeah then he'd be the real uh, good goalkeeper on Merseyside but anyway let's uh, we'll, we'll keep it Ireland related and um, let's uh, let's move on then just to, to kind of finish off with um, just Stephen Kenny look a lot of people think the campaign's over. There's still a lot of football to be played in September. There's two huge games, um, the Netherlands and France. And it's going to be a really tough ask. But from the like a lot of people are calling for the manager's head. We obviously saw the clip of uh Kenny struggling kind of with the with the media uh, comments the other day, uh the, the match day minus one press conference where he was kinda of told his record was sh- shambolic and stuff and he just kinda of tended to kinda of Shy away from it a little bit. James McLean had to intervene and stuff like that, and he kind of looked a little. He kind of looked a little bit broken. I like Stephen Kenny as a man. Mm-hmm. He's a great guy. He's a gentleman, but sometimes that can work to your detriment. And and probably him being so nice to the media in the past has kind of led to stuff like that, where he he now has to fire back to kind of get that bit of respect. But everyone's always asked us to talk about the have a bit of objectivity with with Kenny and mm-hmm. you know. We've we've generally kind of gone easy on him because we we know what he's dealing with in terms of the players, the level they're playing at in comparison to previous Irish teams. That's going to be the constant drum that everyone's going to be playing is that he is going to be compared to Italian uh, ninety Euro eighty eight uh, ninety four World Cup two thousand two World Cup. That that's ultimately where the bar has been set, and that's ultimately yeah. where our teams are always going to be compared to. Where a lot of them don't have the experience. If you're relying on players like Jeff Hendrick and Shane Duffy, who both, you know, I think Hendrick's not a favourite player anymore because he hasn't been playing well at club level. Um, he can't even. I, he got relegated with Reading, I think. Reading, and, yeah, yeah. So you look, you look him, and you got Duffy, who's kind of phasing out a little bit. He's gone to Norwich. He might get some first team football. Be back in the squad. Um, but. It just seems as though we're just going to have a lot of young players coming through now and they're going to be learning on the job. Do you think it's fair, Paddy, that, uh, to say that Stephen Kenny has to go? And if so, uh, or if not, uh, um, maybe just to spark a, a little bit of a debate, like who would you bring in if Kenny was to go? Or would you let him see out the campaign and just bring in someone then? Long with the question again, sorry. I don't, I don't, I don't agree. I, I can see why people will say Kenny out. But I don't agree with Kenny out. When, when people say Kenny out, they never have who in. It's like, oh, yeah, Kenny out. But then, then you say, oh, who do you want to get in? And then they come off with these mental names that, first of all, won't come, won't afford, can't afford. So I think Kenny, uh, he has good football ideologies. He has the team like playing a nice brand of football, at least, better than some of the teams gone by. But like he's not a miracle worker either. And as you said about the, maybe the overall quality of the squad, uh, like who, who, who can realistically come in here and do better? For a one, and I say I say who, but one that we can afford, one that's willing to come, you know, it's it, one, it's it's a very tough situation. Um, I certainly let him carry out the carry out the the campaign. Like, we've had a one bad result, which is away at Greece. Um, that that was always going to be a tough game away in Athens. Well, I think, I was, I think that was sorry, Paddy. I think the the, the other results are is games where we've probably been expected to go out and win. I, I, um, Armenia. Mm. Luxembourg at home well, I, I know that was during COVID but there's those games as well that haven't worked well in terms yeah, of his record yeah. and then if you look at his actual record I think what was he, he was 3 wins at 24 so I think he's 4 wins at 25 now it's not in competitive games that is sorry um, so that yeah. I think that's what a lot of people are getting they're kind of who could come in and, and, and better that though you know uh, yes it's he's been a man in charge we've had these poor results but 
I think that's been as a result of the overall squad level rather than him specifically. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I like who I I I have never I have not heard one like kind of realistic name from anyone yet on Twitter and everywhere else. But I I don't know who could come in and that would want to and we could afford. Um, but I think as you said, he seems like a great man. You let him carry out the campaign, and who knows, a miracle might happen. Jonathan, you look like you were going to say something there, so I'll let you come in and uh, say, I suppose the same question, not as long winded, but uh, same question goes to you. No. No, to be fair, just on the base of what Paddy said, who can come in and do better? I mean, the bar is setting incredibly low, boys. Like, let's let's have it right. It just is. I mean, I just did a, a little bit of quick research there on Stephen Kenny last night, and and what you said there, Paul, earlier on, I really like Stephen Kenny. He comes across as an absolute gent, and I really like him as a person. I want to give him all the time as possible in this job, but boys, the fact is, he's been three years here. He's been over three years here. Thirty-four games, ten wins 12 losses 10 draws 29% win percentage in 34 games the teams we have beat out of those 10 wins have been Andorra Azerbaijan Qatar Luxembourg Lithuania Malta Latvia Gibraltar Armenia and Scotland we've only beaten two teams in the top 100 out of all his games um so I mean I think you have to look at it and Paddy mentioned the transition period earlier on three years for a transition period I mean, you have to see some sort of an improvement. Maybe not after one year, or maybe not after two years, but the third year is when it really hits the fan. Like, come on, we have to see some sort of improvement. And it's not coming. It's a results game, and the fact is the results are not there to back it up. I think the best thing to do would be to let him go um, even now. I'm getting to that, but let him go now. Get a new manager in. He can take the last half for the Euro qualifiers, he can embed his his style, uh, philosophy, whatever, and the players will be much more used to him come the World Cup qualifiers. I have two names wrote down that I think that will do an awful lot better. I have Neil Lennon, who is very, very realistic. Um, granted, grant, grant, granted, people will say, grant, granted, people will say, okay, it's easy to win at Celtic. <laughs> he still won. He still won a championship at Hibs. And he still, he went over to Greece and he won a Greek cup with ammonia. And another one who I think is... Cyprus, generous, you fucking easy. <laughs> Sorry. It's Cyprus. Are, are you sure? Yeah. Are you it's, sure? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. And ammonia, I'm not sh- Well, basically, he won. He went over to ammonia. He won a cup there. Uh, uh, Chris Hewton as well. Chris Hewton as well for Newcastle. Uh, he, he did a decent job for a while there at Newcastle. He did a good job with Brighton earlier on um, in his tenure and he's from your league experience I just feel that he's the guy Stephen Kelly uh, he's I'm not sure if he's the manager well well, well, look let's just put it this way I mean both of these managers have experience at the elite level and the fact that Stephen Kelly has absolutely zero experience at the elite level and it's being shown now he got the tactics absolutely horribly wrong over there in Greece. They're, they're playing against a side who's 52nd in the world. And boys, we were absolutely outplayed. That game should have been 4 or 5 1. Like, you know, we were so lucky it was only 2 1. Do you know what I mean? Like, we were absolutely outplayed. Look, you have to look at results at some stage. It's been three years, boys. That's what I'd have to say. Think... No hate to the man. I like him a lot. Still... This Greece game is being blown out of proportion a little bit. Like, when the, when, the, when the draw was made for this group, they were higher than us. They they held France to a one goal and only conceded to a dodgy penalty. Like they're not. That was yesterday. That was yesterday. They have Gus Poya in there playing playing like and I think they're a decent side. That was always going to be a tough game and we like it was it was a game that was on a knife edge. in results wise, yes, we probably could have lost three, four, maybe one. But like Neil Lennon, sure. Dylan Ryan, you said elite level. I don't think, I don't think either of them have ever been on the elite level. I think Scotland. The, the fact league, is, he, with, with, with yeah, 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 and he did a good job for a while in the Premier League. He did a good job for a while in the Premier League. He did, he did. This is the elite level, you know. So I think that's a completely fair shout. Maybe you don't like the Neil Lennon shout, but I still feel he would be a better manager for Ireland than Stephen Kenny. But look, Paddy, it's not the fact that uh, we lost over in Greece. It's not the fact that Greece have a couple of nice footballers. That we weren't even competitive in that game. We weren't even competitive in that game. That's the fact. Okay, Dan. I'm going to come to you because I, I could see you were building up there to say something. <laughs> Sorry, Dan. Can't get a word in. 
Uh, so I, I, I'll come to you. I suppose just same thing. I, and I will address the Hewton and uh, and and Lennon thing afterwards, uh, John. Okay. Far away, Dan. Uh, give us them till the end of the campaign, anyway. Uh, see where we're at. If not, I don't know who we're going to bring in. Or like Roy Keane. Like, I'd love to see us, but I, I, just for the crack, more than. Well, I think, I think, I think, just with the Roy Keane thing. I mean, he was the one that drove Declan Royce away. I don't really want to spend too much time talking about him, but yeah, <laughs> it was well documented that. He was the one going around and doing that, and he was fighting with players like John Walters and stuff like that. So I just maybe there's more homegrown Irish players in there now that he might work well with. I don't know, but uh... who who are all the names <laughs> being thrown around like your shells man? Lee Carlsley, Lee Carlsley, Lee Carlsley. I I actually would. I I actually think that Damien Duff would be a great appointment. I don't think he would actually cost the FAI that much. Mm-hmm. I would like to see him leave shells because I think he's. He's actually starting to really do well. I think in the next couple of seasons, I think Shells would be one of the main teams in the League of Ireland Premier Division. And I, I hope that he's there to steer that. But I think if it was to be from an international point of view, I think he'd have the respect, he'd have the character. You see him every time he speaks in the media, everybody listens to him and he draws eyes to everything. I think he, w- he would actually have the perfect personality. He'd fight back to the media. Um, he can be crabby when he wants to be. I think. I think that's what Kenny lacks. It's just that, that maybe that character in the media that he's too nice. Like when people have a goal, and he's like, "Oh no, that's yeah. terrible. You shouldn't be speaking to me like that." And then kind of looking at the press officer. Whereas, yeah, you need someone with a you know. Duff sits in a bit too much, yeah. though, tactically. Well, look at the players Duff Duff has in comparison to some of the other teams in the league. I know maybe the lads might not watch the League of Ireland as much, but if you actually look at the squad he's assembled a, a lot of them um, you know a lot of the players are young lads that he's brought through and if you're talking about what Kenny's doing and not going too far away from his philosophy and instead of ripping all that up and going for a Hugh or Neil Lennon and you place you bring in someone who actually wants to play that style of football he, number one he has to respect because of his career number two he's doing something good at Shelburne got them to a cup final as well last year again I go back to the squad that he had comparison to other teams He's doing a really good job there, despite what people want to say. People want to say, "Oh, he doesn't win enough games." But again, you go, mm. you look at the squad uh, in comparison to other teams. In my opinion, I think he's doing a really good job there. And I think now with the added investment, he has no real reason to leave Shelburne now with the added investment there. But he would be the first name that I would think of. Is you're gonna replace Stephen Kenny with anybody? Yeah. But at the same time, as a Shells fan and a selfish point of view, I wouldn't like to see him leave. But then again, it is the country. Um, I, but I think he'd leave given the opportunity. Not but like the only thing is, is that didn't he leave the FAI over the thing what happened with England? So there's that. Would he would he go back to the FAI? He was. I heard he was furious over that. So the, it was the showing the the video or something against England and whatever was leaked yeah. there. So yeah, mm. Steve Brad would be a good shout. Honestly, I do. I agree. I think he'd be a good shout. He'd motivate the players well. I feel. Um, and as you said, I mean, in terms of results, he's doing okay at Shelburne. So um, I, people have lambasted that uh, during the week. So. I, I Roy Hodgson, I heard it. And, and then Mad one. No, very expensive. I mean, in Palace, not guaranteed to be kept on at Palace. They might, they might tinker with it a little bit. But uh, don't, don't, those names are like Big Sam as well. They're just, just lads watch. Imagine league, like, Big, Big Sam, Sam would be funny though. Could never, <laughs> never be me. Could never be me. What's <laughs> I, big, I guarantee though, Big Sam will actually like grind out results though. Might the football might be shit, but I, uh, excuse me, language. But I guarantee, um, he would, um. One thing on that, right, is that how many times in the past have Irish fans bemoaned playing shy football and getting and nicking a goal off a Shane Duffy header from a set piece every single time and not playing until we actually go a goal down? Not that we that we did that against Greece, but anyway, um, <laughs> I'm scoring from a set piece. But anyway, the fuck. <laughs> You can't deny that watching us under Kenny has 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 been better than the previous Mick McCarthy just gone and Martin O'Neill. Um, despite I know, look, O'Neill got uh, good results uh, and stuff like that with um, with a, I would say he was lucky in a sense. He had players and leader <laughs> leaders in there like John O'Shea and Robbie Keane and Robbie, all these lads amongst Glen Whelan, Wes Hoolan, all amongst that kind of group. And he was kind of able to galvanise that team and mix it in with players like Hendrick and Brady and stuff like that when they were young. But I think 
that's where Kenny's lacking is those players, those leaders to kind of come in and, and, and do that. You get John John Egan, who's who's played a large part of his career as a championship player. Um, he had a bad injury as a young lad. But I'm not saying that John Egan isn't quality. I think he's brilliant. I thought he should have got a move from Sheffield United when he came up from the Premier League the first time. Um, I was surprised he didn't. But um, I just look at that and I think like that's where we're lacking is that the couple of leaders just around the squad. Um, I know. Look, people might look upon McLean, but again, his you know his career, he's largely been at lower end Premier League teams. Yes. Um, you know, doing okay in the Championship, but never really never really like player of the year in the championship or anything like that been a good solid squad player don't get me wrong um, Duffy been a good solid squad player again in the Premier League this and that so we don't like I'm not saying we don't we're lacking players. a couple of juggernauts like we're just we're just we're just lacking like Scotland seem to have those players now like they've got Tierney they've got um, McGinn they've got Robin. Robertson is uh, yeah and then they've got like um, who's I know Craig Gordon yeah, was their goalkeeper but the, who's their goalkeeper now I can't remember Angus Gordon. Oh, well, actually, Gordon was hor- horrific against us. Actually, wasn't he? So, uh, but yeah. my my point is, is the fact that look, you look at Scotland and how they're growing out results, beating Norway the other day. They beat Spain away from home. They've got McTominay in there as well. That's another kind of Premier League player. So again, they're but they're players that are all playing at their club. Maybe not McTominay at United, but you imagine he would kind of move on and play. He would get a Premier League club if he used to move on easily. And um, that's maybe where I think we're lacking. But in terms of like. What are the managers? If you're if you're going on Hodgson route, you're going on Sam Allardyce again. I, I, that comes down to again I talking about the poor football and praying to God the most boring stuff. But I I actually I thought under Kenny it's been a lot more enjoyable. Paddy, what do you think? Yeah, it has. Yeah, no, the football has absolutely been more enjoyable. It's been you know a nice passing style of play. But at the end of the day, I think every Irish Irish man and woman and child or whatever would swap these nice performances to be bored on a plane or bored on a train to Berlin. In a couple in a year's time or so, you know. So, as much as I like the good football, I don't. I I absolutely swap every iota of a nice pass to be getting results. And listen, I think as I said, Stephen Kenny, until we actually find a worthy successor, um, as you, I know, listen, as as John said, the bar is very low. Like I, I don't really the style of play is secondary if it gets us to a a a, a, a big tournament again because it's been. It's been eight years now, hasn't it? So, yeah, or seven maybe. It's been tough. Johnson, you were going to say something there, I think. Um, on No, just it was just basically uh, just uh, in terms of the managers. No, I, I just the, the, the names I mentioned, I just feel there is better out there. Um, and, yeah, I just think that's, um, yeah, in terms of performances, obviously it's good to watch. Um, and I think it's been good to watch for the majority, like Paddy said there, but... You look at the results, some of the results are really, really bad. And even some of these, uh, you know, good performances are, you know, easy on the eye performances are resulting in some really, really poor results. I mean, you're looking at Luxembourg there, you're looking at Finland, you're looking at a lot of home losses, kind of stuff like that. So I agree with Paddy. Um, it's it's nice to turn on the the, uh, the TV and watch Ireland play well against, you know, some, some other country, but... At the end of the day, you know, the score after ninety minutes is 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 the main thing, and it's simple as that. Well, I, well, I, I remember saying when we were getting rid of uh, Mick McCarthy and Martin O'Neill, I said I'd actually rather go out and watch us give teams a, a game. Now I look, I respect that games like Luxembourg we didn't, and and as uh, Azerbaijan and Armenia, those games we we definitely didn't. Okay, and horrendous names uh, oh. and results. But then you look at the game. I know we lost against France, but we went went out and gave them again. They got one chance really, where they punished us, and that's just their their quality that they have. Portugal, eighty eight minutes. We were that was a brilliant performance from an Irish team, but one of the best performances in recent times. You know that you would say. I know we lost in the end two Ronaldo goals, but I just again you you maybe put that down to experience. It maybe had an experienced leader in there. We maybe get over the end of that game. Um, I remember actually speaking to Matt Doherty after that and he said like uh, you know it, winning that game maybe gets rid of the weak mentality that we kind of have at the moment so he uh, they definitely I, felt that I think we uh, fare a lot better against teams who actually play ball uh, like as you said there like some of our better games have been those two Portugal games you know the game against France like, we really do seem to turn up Serbia. and really and yeah but that's why like 
I have a, a call me crazy, but I have a weird optimism for the next one against Netherlands and France. Whatever about France and Paris, fair play. But I abs- this Netherlands side are absolute by their standards garbage. And the way we fared against Portugal uh, home and away uh, and France, like we were talking about Greece. Greece might go on to finish second. It actually might be Netherlands that we're looking to pip the third. Whether that has much bearing, I don't know. But because of the style of play that Kenny likes, I think the teams actually play football. We actually do fare well against rather than the those really defensive sides. So I don't know. I'm 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 weirdly optimistic we can catch the Dutch. And then the... you're kind of overlooked there because we were all kind of talking, but. Have you any input on any of the stuff there, what we were talking about before we finish up? Um, I think we're probably competing with the Netherlands now. I think Greece are actually a lot better than we probably uh, assumed. Uh, yeah, the Netherlands aren't looking that great. So I, but I, t- I think we can go to Ireland, uh, get a draw, and hopefully we can get a win here at the Aviva. And, 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 be... and... Sorry, Virgil. Sorry, Virgil. No, no. no. Boys, I think that's wild. I think that's wild. I mean, I think it's massive disrespect to the Dutch. They were in a, they were in a Nations League semi-final just a few days ago. Granted, they lost to Croatia, but they brought them to extra time. Uh, they were favourites in that game. That has no bearing on their recent form, though. That's got their... Yeah, I know, but Croatia... But Croatia are a really good side. Netherlands, I think, are... I think I was looking there yesterday. I think they're sixth in the world ranking. It's like... Boys, I think we need to calm down a little bit. Yeah, really consistently get up for the big games, though. Yeah, we can fist. Yeah. I know, but I, I know, but I reckon a draw out of one of those two games would be good. Like we still have to respect yeah. the Dutch oh, boys; they have some really good footballers. It might be you know? good, but it wouldn't be good enough. I think we have to have aspirations of doing. Like, what I actually like, why can't we beat Netherlands at home? Like they with the Aviva on the back, they they get up for like. Look at France; we we brought them the whole way, and France are by far and away a better side than Netherlands. I think I, I, I by no means I think I, I don't think it's unrealistic. I think it's a bit kind of tongue in cheek, but I think it's it, there's it's feasible. Yeah, I think that game is the best team is away. Sorry, I was just saying. Oh, the one that, I think the September no, think game is away. Oh, is it? Are they both away then? Because I think the, the, the France one's obviously Paris. Well, I'll check. But away. Dan, you you just while I'm checking that you didn't say whether you're Kenny, Kenny in or Kenny out. You avoided the question. We, 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 we kind of touched on it a bit last night talking. I kind of neither. I don't either. I don't have a, a particularly strong opinion on it because, again, who do you bring in? And uh, he seems like such a nice guy. Uh, like, I'm, 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 I'm loving this Irish team, to be honest, even though I guess we're not getting the results. I'm liking the way we play at times. Like, that France game was, some of the most, was one of the most enjoyable football matches I've ever seen in all my life. But that was with, um, Coleman on the pitch like we need a leader like him on the pitch like who are you going to look at on the pitch against Greece like Dar- Jesus yeah. Dart is on his way to Saudi yeah. Arabia now as well yeah that should be the end of his Ireland career if he goes to Saudi I'm sorry like you can't, yeah. we can't have a Saudi league player in the team like. well Ronaldo plays for Portugal yeah he, sh- he shouldn't though that's yeah. at their detriment uh, the game sorry just Jonathan the game is uh, at home uh, against Netherlands sorry just you were like okay but um, Darity made two sub appearances uh, for Atletico Madrid. I think he played something like a combined twenty six or twenty seven minutes. The only thing is, I, I you were saying why we can't beat Netherlands. It's like it's the best team we've beaten on, in Kenny's reign in Scotland. And also to to add to that as well, I was watching Netherlands and Croatia in the last day. Um, Netherlands ended up after ninety minutes getting a draw. They haven't been beaten at home for uh, I think they said over thirty years. So I mean. What? Yeah, because were like two minutes away and then the commentator was like, oh, they haven't been beaten and was it Russia time or something like that for over 30 years. Oh, Robert, they're playing Amsterdam. No, no, no. I, I, It could have been Amsterdam, but they said they oh, haven't been beaten there at home for 30, for 30 yeah. years. That's what they were saying. God knows how many times they play at Rotterdam, though, a year. That's the only yeah. thing I would say to that. But like I get I get your point. Well, it, it could have been Amsterdam, Paul. I, I don't remember it was one of them, but he said over thirty years. <laughs> I'd say they were turned over at least. Well, look, anyway, I, I see your point. Uh, I don't think Netherlands should be overlooked. I think everyone's going, oh, well, France smashed them. That doesn't mean we're going to. It'll be an interesting battle. Again, it's going to come down to like, whether we can keep players fit or not. Like, uh, you know, if we go into that game without Evan Ferguson, everyone's going to go, oh, oh no. Jesus. You know what I mean? Um, well, you know, It's all well and good saying we have him now. You know, if, if Van Dijk takes another uh, injury like he did against Pickford, you know, is he going to be out? You know, you just don't know. Oh, so let's not get uh, uh, here, Paul. Let's not get here, Jesus. 
listen for our for Ireland's hopes. I hope I, I, I hope he's injured for that game. Like no, for only that one game. Uh, only that one. Game. That's that's where that's that's the misconception the season's on. So yeah. yeah, but just that one game in a hypothetical world. I, I yeah, if, you, you know, if he's out for that game, it'll be good. I'd love to yeah. see us adapt the four three three. I seen this talked about on Twitter this week. I would love to see a system change a little bit. You know, if if everyone's fit four three. But he started with that. Yeah, he had started with. I them. did. I didn't think we had the like for right now the personnel isn't available. Like imagine a front three, uh, Ogbeni, Ferguson and Johnston, and then at the back four. I don't know how Ryan Manning hasn't been called up by the way at left back. He was one of the players of the season. Seems yeah. to be an issue with him and Kenny. I think that's what. Yeah, I'm it, it's got to be. Yeah, I knew it'd be something like that. And because we obviously he did just have a baby lap. as well. He did just have okay. a baby. Well, I hopefully that can be that can be kind of resolved because I'd love to see us try just a tradition like a kind of four three three. You know, Coleman, a right back, I'd still persist with if he comes back in fit because I think he still has a lot to offer. Thank God that injury wasn't as bad as it was once feared. But yeah, I'd love a 4 3 3. I hope we see some sort of iteration of it soon. The only thing about Coleman is, is uh, like, he's going he's gonna to be phased out at Everton next season. I think Patterson's going to be number one choice. And I think Coleman's yeah. lucky to play 25 games next year. And I think what he'll probably be looking at is a coaching role, maybe. And you know what? If the next Ireland manager comes in at that stage, Coleman could be coaching at Everton and maybe at Ireland, yeah. if that is the case. And I think yeah, he'd be Coleman. a great member of this, the coaches. Uh, yeah, Hunter. Yeah, he's the, such a has the head free. He knows the game so well. And obviously, like dude, I don't, I don't think you'd find the soundest uh, sounder Irish international ever. All the stuff he does for charity and stuff. What a guy. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think uh, I think we'll we'll leave it there. I probably made two videos there. Um, out of the final words so yeah a huge thanks to all the lads for uh, for joining us if you haven't checked out their uh, profiles Paddy is at Mr. Paddy Murphy on all socials I think Jonathan is at Jonathan Morley 97 and Dan Casey is at Super Dan Casey on all platforms as well if you want me we probably don't but if you do it's at Paul Neil 90 um, let us know your thoughts in the comments don't forget to like the video don't forget to subscribe and we'll speak to you all soon Leave your thoughts in the comments. Take care. The IFF TV podcast presented by Paul Nealon. Like, rate, and subscribe.